Hey, good morning, Rindy Doyle Podcast. Another morning, we got some special guest uh, today that is no strangers to the industry. If you live under a rock, you might not know who they are. <laughs> you have to live under a boulder that you couldn't push up. And so we're gonna we're gonna dive into these two here in a second. In the meantime, some small talk. So, Chris, we had a uh, we've had a we've had a productive. Uh, it's been a productive year. I think a lot of people are feeling that way, right? You know, I'm I'm looking at it, and I think you guys will probably do the same. Hopefully, Kyle's going to make it on. By the way, um, but it, it, man, is it just like okay? Like, where did summer go? Yeah, honestly, it went by so fast. Here's my prediction because I do have a theory on this. I think at least where we are, we're outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It didn't really start getting hot until like July. I feel like all of June was like spring continued. And yeah. then suddenly it was hot in July and now it's already September and it's over. And so that's my theory is because the weather didn't actually get super hot until later in the summer. Summer mm-hmm. just felt like it was this long. Well, well I think- you know what? We, we, we got to bring you out this way if you need summer. It yeah. sounds like we, it's we've got we've got summer and then some. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you imagine, um, trying to think of it, it, right now, the you know I, I grew up in these mountains, right? And it's sad to see them. I mean, literally, as a crow flies two miles away, we watched the fire crest into the ski area last night. Wow. I was sitting there texting with Chris, and I went, "Oh my God, the whole ridge just blew up." Oh my and gosh! I don't want to get into politics, but you know. It was it was funny. A few years ago, I was asked by the guard to because, they, you know, I've lived in remote mountain communities, you know, for so long, 30 plus years. So I did a study and I said, you know, here's the biggest challenges, you know, during an earthquake, this is what's going to happen during a flood. This is going to happen. And then the fire in these these canyons, these areas. And I didn't just do this. It wasn't my greatness. I went to all the all the outdoorsmen I know. And I went to the fire chief. That's a really good friend of mine. I said, hey. I get, I, I'm going to have a small audience. I'm, I'm going to have somebody listen to me at the top levels for like 45 seconds. Where's the big areas? Here's what I'm thinking. They're this burning right now. Dang. They haven't touched it in 50 years. They won't manage it because the environmental groups keep coming in and telling them, well, you know, there's a spotted moth that you're going to kill. And, and this is what happens. There's, we, we've got what's called buckthorn. It, it's 10 feet tall and dead. Mm. And, and it's just you. It, it, it's unreal, but it's tender. It. Oh, it's unreal. So half our town's evacuated, and and we're really fortunate. We're really blessed because we're in what's called a safe zone. We're out on the east end. We're kind of in the prairie, if you could imagine. Yeah. So we're at the the big end of the valley. Uh, not a lot of trees. Not a lot of houses out here. Um, our horses. You know, everybody's safe here. So we're we're really lucky. But last night I had to finally come off the porch because you just you're just watching beauty just burn up in front of you. Yeah, it's yeah. sad. Yep, you know, and and where we live, you go back up towards Yellowstone and stuff like that, and they they do a good job of bringing it back here. They just there's a fire from 20 years ago, and it looks like the surface of the moon. They just Dang. they've done nothing to bring it back, and so you can tell I'm a little hot, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and concerned, and rightly so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. yeah. It's it's sad. It's sad. It's just. You know, it's a part of nature. I mean, this is my fifth big fire in 30-something years. We've had a lot of little scares. But this is a big one, you know, and it's mm-hmm. – it's it's. Uh, we'll see where it goes. And they're doing – the helicopters, you know, are just – we had a – yesterday, um, we noticed Chris and I are weird. We watch an app. Um, I got another friend of mine. I watch an airplane app. I'm constantly on it. It's kind of a hobby. And I've got alerts for 
just different flights and stuff like that. And it's fun because all the flights out of Europe come right over Big Bear. So, mm -hmm. so they're coming in from Frankfurt or they come right over us. So it's fun just to watch. You know, I don't watch a lot of TV I read. <clears throat> but uh, we noticed that the helicopters and the airplanes slow down. Well, Chris, I found out why is uh, they ran out of fuel. Is that a truck coming up with uh, Jet A, jackknifed coming up the mountain. <gasps> yeah. Jeez. So thank God they were able to take – it didn't spill. It just got caught on a, on a hairpin. They were able to straighten it out. One of our kids' friends that went to school was part of the, the savior team, you know, for bringing the fuel up, and the helicopters are back up and, and going hard. So Damn. Yeah. So, it's hey, guys, on the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, your Able's online. So we've had a – hey, do you, guys, do you guys see the trike? Can you guys see it from there? I do. Oh, I yeah. about that. Okay. So I swear to God, this is a true story. My wife is crazy about Mel Gibson. She's always had a mad crush. She said, matter of fact, when she met me, she goes, you know, I love you with all my heart, but if I got a chance, you know, I'm going to make you forgive me, you know? So let well, me all pass. She, yeah, exactly. So she uh, was at a friend of a friend's house this weekend that's in Hollywood, and that was Mel Gibson's adult tricycle. No way. Oh, I swear to God. And I came out and I swear, I think I saw her sniffing the seat. Uh, <laughs> you know? But yeah, so we've got, so I'm working on, we're going to fill up the, it's kind of, it's cool though. You know, it's kind of cool. That's super so, cool. Most of our bike collection. But so, uh, so, so, hey, you're able, um, you Hi. know, we, I remember the day I met you guys. <laughs> the wow. day. We do too. Yes. The day. And I remember, I remember talking to a few people and saying, these guys are going to change things up. You That's know, it was, sweet. you guys were powerful and, and your family, your family. And I wish Kyle was on. I know he's, he, where's Kyle? He's out doing something. He new just got called over his uh, house. He's been living with Chris for almost the last year while his house has been being built. Um, now we're living here for this. Uh, slight correction. Over a year. Not <laughs> just about a year. <laughs> Not that you're counting. That's like a month. I'm yeah. counting. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my brother was with us for most of COVID and he just had major surgery and he's out on the back on his, not that we don't love him. Right, Chris, we love our, our of brothers. Course. Love the brothers. But, you know, but, you know, it's, it's good for him. So he's got a new house being built. Yeah. He got called over there this morning because uh, they're hoping to be able to move in uh, this uh, weekend. So the wow. inspector is coming out on Friday. So he got called over um, this morning to kind of meet with the builder and the whole team and make sure oh. everything is buttoned up. How so cool is that? We've though? been moving him over the last, I don't know, month, Chris. Yeah. You know, a little bit here and there and the pod and, you know, a couple of U-Haul trucks and all that. But now he, Kelly, you know, little Jake and the two dogs and, and Kat are living with me and Vicky right now. <laughs> Oh wow! Wow. Well, how cool! How exciting, though. You know, very I mean, awesome. It's, exciting. it's awesome. So you know, I'm going to dive in, and then we're going to get into this. But here's the impact that 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 you two made on me. Day one, family business, and Michael, dad to dad. We've had this conversation. I'm going to ask you to tell the story again because I can hear it a million times, and it doesn't get old. Is is you might not know this, you know, is that I think you're a role model for a lot of fathers. And I just look at you. I'm going to try not to get emotional. So um, 
my thyroid's all screwed up right now. So, you know, I'm producing a lot of testosterone, but there's a lot of estrogen going on too. So I get real emotionally imbalanced. I'm either, I want to either want to punch you in the face or I want to watch a chick flick and cry. And so, <laughs> but, you know, Michael, I, I, I was really, you know, I was really, um, it, I was really touched by your interactions with your children. Still are. Every time I see you on anything, is it blows me away on how you are with your kids. Well, thanks. Blows me away. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know what it is. It's probably my upbringing. I had uh, really great, you know, parents and they, they modeled that for all of us. You know, they raised five kids. I, I'm not from money. You know, my dad worked, I think, three different jobs when he was building the house. He was a World War II vet. And basically talked his buddy that owned the, the lumber yard into loaning him the materials to build the house. Wow. They were war buddies, you know, wow. so he, he literally built it. I mean, he did the plumbing, the electric, everything. So he's just one of those guys, right, that just knew how to do everything. Um, wow. But, well, you know, so it, I think it was just modeled by my parents, Rennie. Um, well, you know, I'll tell you. There was always a lot of respect in the household. Um and then when Vicky and I got married, we just really wanted to manage the household with kind of a mood-free environment, you know, because everybody's got their stuff they can bring into the house. You know, we all have our, our pressures from the, the daily grind and whatnot, but I just always tried to leave that in the garage before I came into the house because I don't need to unload that on my kids, especially when they're young and growing up. Right. You know, they don't need they don't need to know if we're struggling to make ends meet. You know, they just need to, you know, know that they've got a, a loving environment uh, that they can, you know, feel comfortable in. So we just always focused on being present parents. Um, you know, so that's what I so many people in this industry anyway, because I, I coach a lot of a lot of business owners. And it's it's easy to lose sight of that important stuff. And and it's it's the, it's like a, it's like farming right it's like you need to plant this crop now man and you need to like focus on the important things that are going to matter in the long run not you know how much money you brought in today you need to think about what are you doing for your kids are you just are, are you never there because you're trying to make a buck you know right. you need to get out of the shop and just get smart about managing your life um, and get some balance back in so extreme, extreme ownership. And so, you know, I came from a little bit of a, of a challenged background, right? Um, you know, my mom and dad just, Hey, it, it was what it was. I never knew, knew my dad, never saw my parents together. Um, and, and that did create something, but it's easy for me to go back and blame that. Right. I mean, it's, it really isn't. But when I got to the point we had, you know, when, when, when I started the business businesses, um, you know, I met Diana, I was already an entrepreneur. And, um, when I was bringing up the kids, you just bring a point. I, I kind of got trapped in that because I was so wrapped around the axles on, I didn't want to go back to being poor that in my thirties, I kind of forgot what was important. Yeah. And, and I was present. I went to my kids things, you know, I mean, I was, if they had a basketball game, man, I'll, I'll tell you 90% of what they're involved in. I was there, but I wasn't present. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I was so yeah. consumed with just trying to survive. And honestly, it was bullshit. I mean, we're, I was fine. 
so much of my 30s was just about ego and 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 and, and I don't mean that like in an egotistical way, guys. I, I don't think I've been ever really been an asshole, but I just didn't want to be poor so bad that I lost sight of really what poor was. And poor was not getting to know my kids better and being mellow. So yeah. I think that's why I appreciate what you've done so much is because I was striving to be that. And I don't think I missed it completely, but I hope that my kids took away and that they're closer to what you are, you know? Uh, and I hope anybody listening, listen, a lot of us in the detailing industry, and, and you guys know this, a lot of people have got similar backgrounds that, that mm -hmm. I'm talking about right now. Yeah. We're, 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 we just, a lot of survivalists, you know, in life and a lot of people that have challenges mm -hmm. learn from these two different styles in, in ways mm -hmm. is that, is that I can tell you right now is the stuff that I put my kids through uh, me and Diane being so stressed was unneeded. Mm -hmm. It was unneeded. Yeah. And so now I, I will tell you this is that our kids are survivors because of it. And I think they're doing a lot better job of managing their workload and fun load. And yeah. for that, whether they'll ever give me credit for that or not, I hope they learn that from us, from, from Diane and I, mm -hmm. and that they take that on and they keep passing it on to every generation. Cause I, for a decade, a decade to me is not long. I'm 56 years old, but a decade in their young lives was their entire lot, their entire youth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think the undertone right now of just society as a whole, because I think culture is shifting so much and our quality of life is just better than it was, you know, 50 years ago, even. Oh. And and I think we just have so many more opportunities and so many. I do feel like the undertone of like the cult is like breaking old patterns. So even if your childhood was rough, and, you know, maybe you didn't have, you know, terrific parents or present parents or anything like that. I do see a lot in, in people today and especially new parents today of making a really concerted effort to just kind of flip the script on that. And yeah. just say, like, OK, I'm going to be the last one in my line to treat my kids this way. And Absolutely. like I want to set the tone for the future now. And well, I think that's just really lovely. No, I do too. And, you know, you, you bring up a great point too. And, and, and I think here's the other thing is that I, you know, I was raised across the street, BJ Hayden, World War II vet. He was one of the only male figures I had in my life. And man, he was a hard man, loving man in his own way. You know, you know what I'm saying? But I remember getting sent over to his house a couple of times when I got a little out of line with my grandma and, and it didn't go so well. Yes. We didn't talk, you couldn't, you wouldn't hear a man say these things. And, and, and because we are brought up by that generation was a great generation. Now my parents, again, you know what? I can sit there and look back and say this, this, and this caused me some pain in life, but those same things made me who I am. Mm -hmm. And there's more greatness in who I am than challenges. And, yeah. and that's where I think that all generations current past way past and future own your shit. Mm -hmm. and, and, and for every for every challenge you had and for every challenging person you had in your life, that person gave you a gift. If you look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that yeah, make you sense? Have to, you have to be open for it and, and, you know, willing to kind of take it in. Mm -hmm. 
but it's so easy to just get wrapped up in your day-to-day -day stuff that you lose sight of the bigger picture because you you kind of take it for granted. That's Amen. just a bit of human nature, you know, kind of your life unfolds before you and you don't even realize it until no, you look right? back 10 years later and you're like, what did I just do for the last 10 years, you know? <laughs> So yeah, I think just being being more purposeful about, you know, how you manage your your daily routine, like it was important for Vicky and I to always have family dinner. Right. So, I mean, it's an old fashioned idea. Right. But we yeah. love to connect with the kids around the dinner table. And that's where you're able to end up starting. You know, it's the peak of irony. You know, it was the, it was, it was the dinner table discussion board, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? We were the same way. We really we didn't you know, we didn't eat out a lot. And when we did, it was, it was part of our family culture. We, and we brought their friends in and we brought, you know, family friends in and, you, you know, we've always been a, a, a family, like, you know, my brother, uh, Chris, you're just talking about, you know, your brother being with you mm -hmm. is, you know, my brother's eight years older than me and he's been with me the majority of the last three years. Yeah. Um, and that's just what our family did. We had a good friend of ours. Um, matter of fact, I've, I won't mention his name now, but, he got in a little bit of bind. He's the, he's, he is one of the biggest motivators of why I'm where I'm at today in the detailing industry and very successful guy, but he was going through a divorce and got in a little bit of a pickle. And he basically lived at our house for, for a year. And mm -hmm. that wasn't a, that was a, I mean, some of my, and my kids, some of our, our fondest memories is, you know, they called him uncle <laughs> of, of those challenging times and that's just what we did. Mm -hmm. And but the only thing I love to take and, and combine, you know, Michael, I guarantee you get into, you know, the hard work that you put in to everything you've done is unimaginable. And, and what I've seen, and Chris, I think you relate to it because you're in that this generation is so many of the generation right now are so hard on themselves mm -hmm. and they look at what other people have done. I've always told my kids, don't look at what I've done. Don't compare yourself to me. Compare yourself, take, take what I've done, the hard work I've done and get a lot smarter with it. But you know, these young people, I, they come in to, to, you know, when we're training and, and we're coaching and mentoring them and I go, look at man, don't be hard on yourself. I've got, mm -hmm. I've got three generations, uh, th three, three decades in front of you. Mm -hmm. You haven't had enough time to, 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 to develop. Don't develop scars now at your age. You know? Yeah. And I think that is something that's tough for people, you know, my age is just, with social media being as present as it is and having access to seeing so many success stories, it's it's hard to remember that what you're seeing is a tiny fraction of people, okay? Those are lucky people and hardworking people, no doubt, that, that have found really great success mm. at a really young age. And it's nice to see that as something that's inspirational, something that's motivational, but it should be just that. And I have to remind myself of this on a daily basis. Christ, there's a girl who is like 17 on TikTok making like $50,000 a post. And it's like, oh my God, what have I done? Why am I not a TikTok star? <laughs> and deep down, I am glad about that. I don't want to be a TikTok star. But, you know, you see things like that and, and you think like, okay, I'm just doing something wrong because I don't have that. But I think at our age, it's always easy to focus on the next big achievement, the next big thing you can buy, the next big promotion, whatever it might be. And you lose sight exactly like you were just saying in like the little things every day. And this past year living with Kyle and Kelly and Jake and their entire zoo of animals, 
it's been a lot. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. It has been overwhelming. I never thought I would be living with a child that isn't mine, but here we are. But looking back at the year, all the little tiny days and all of the little tiny memories and even like terrible days, those are the things that I can really say that I cherish now because how special is it that I got to spend an entire year with my nephew? Like I wouldn't have been able to see all of that stuff. And I, I think it's just something that all of us need to remind ourselves to just appreciate every single day and all of the tiny little things, because ultimately mm -hmm. that's what makes your life. Like it's not the next big thing you can buy. Of course, that's fun when you get to do those things, but it's every single day and all the little tiny things and conversations we get to have with our parents and our kids and nephews. And that's, that's life. And I, I think we can all, just trying to remember that. I think it's difficult. We lose sight of it so easily. Now, and it's great to hear somebody your age, you know, say that because it is, you know, and it's, it's funny is that, that I listen to our, you know, our oldest kids and they're, you know, going through and they're building their lives and they're building their, their families and their careers. And, you know, they're building themselves. They're, you know, fine tuning themselves. And it's cool to see them go one direction and all of a sudden they retract back to how they used to be when they were younger. And mm -hmm. I was talking to one of our kids and I said, that's okay. Because even at 56 and I heard Schwarzenegger uh, and Sylvester Stallone say this, they're closer to the humans they were at 12 years old than they are at 30 years old. <laughs> and, 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 and don't think that in a weird way is what they're saying is they've taught themselves to have fun again and to mm -hmm. laugh and be silly. And I think that to have fun and laugh and be silly is such an important part you know, we went through a challenging time with our family just, you know, a little over a month ago. And I always relate it back to, you know, Bible scripture of Jesus going to the desert for 30 days and 30 nights. Woo! Well, I'll tell you what, is I had some porch time with my dog that we didn't know if he was going to make it until the next morning. We had two family members in the same ICU unit at a hospital. And I was in that desert. And I'll tell you what, I came out a far better human uh with that because and i'm not sure if 10 15 years ago i would have i think i would have been a little bitter you know and a little angry and a little worked up and i came out of there and and you know what i just thank my lucky stars for that day i mm -hmm. wasn't looking at tomorrow i was living in the moment and it's taken me 56 years to get secure enough in myself and relaxed enough because i think in my 20s i had that i had it going i was cool i i just <laughs> I had I, I was all about business, but I was all about play. And then I just got serious. And <laughs> you, you know, you can I, I mean I, I okay, Darren, my youngest daughter, if you're listening, it's not about not being serious, it's being taking myself too serious mm -hmm. and and forgetting to laugh and forgetting to be silly and doing things, you know picking up tricycles and bicycles and it's still being a kid a little bit, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it, it's just unreal. So, wow. Okay. Well, Hey, let's dive into this. So, you know, bit family business, you just mentioned you're sitting at the dinner table one night, take it from there. How did, where, I think where, it sounded like uh, you guys were having chicken or something. You decided that, <laughs> that you're able to really sure what was on the menu. That, that was the segue. <laughs> wow. So how do we go from, you know, having chicken to, Hey, we're going to start a business, software business. Let you know, let's go. Well, Chris, I mean, you and Kyle called the meeting. 
yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it started with um, when Kyle were at, Kyle and I were at our previous jobs before Eurable was ever created. And um, I was, as I like to say, bookending uh, the, <laughs> the company with my dad. Dad was uh, way up here. I was uh, way down here. Um, it was my first job out of college. So, um, but I was working on the sales team there. And it was a very new portion of the company. We didn't have really anything to be managing our sales process. And so I had the idea to create some sort of uh, like CRM system for that company. And at the time, Kyle had been uh, starting to get into programming. Um, so I knew that he could potentially help me build the system. And it could maybe just be like a fun thing that the two of us work on. And so I reached out to him and you know asked if he would be willing to build uh, like a sales process um, system for my little sales team there. Um, so the two of us just started doing that, honestly, for fun. Like we didn't tell anybody at my company that we were working on that. It was just kind of a behind the scenes thing. Um, then it started to gain a bit more traction and, and ultimately ended up being a, a pretty successful project. Um, and through that, Kyle and I were often not doing the job we were supposed to be doing for the company um, and, and just working on that because it was so much fun to just strategize and work together. And I think our personality types being as opposite as they could possibly be, really jive well together, I think, in, in working together. Um, so we just had a blast working on that project. Um, I think that really brought us really close together. And then ultimately, you know, we brought the idea to to the family and just said, you know, we would really love to make a career out of this. I was so shocked when Kyle said that to me because I was having a blast. But normally our dynamic is me being like, yay, Kyle, I love you. And him being like, go away because he's my older brother. And that's just the <laughs> dynamic. And so when he was like, hey, like, this is really fun. Let's keep doing this. I was like, oh, my God, this is a dream come true. <laughs> Kyle loves me. Let's do this. <laughs> and so it was a very exciting time for me that he was on board for that. And so then, you know, of course, we brought the idea to to my parents and my parents have always been just very big supporters of us. Um, that's just how it's been our entire lives. So to receive their enthusiasm on this as well was fantastic. And, and then it was just kind of off from there. And, um, you know, ultimately, my dad was the one that got us to pursue the detailing industry, um, just being, you know, a car enthusiast. We our idea was to stay in healthcare because that was what our initial system was built for. Um, we were just going to keep doing that. And I think uh, <laughs> dad being in retirement from the healthcare industry, he was like, absolutely not. <laughs> we're not going back to healthcare. We're done with that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, so uh, I picked, I picked detailing really just based on my own experience going to various, uh, you know, detailers. And I, I loved everything that they did. I mean, I've been into ceramic coating since they came over here, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, so 20, 20 years probably at this point. Um, so I really loved the service, but the business models, they, they, they weren't really run that well. Um, everything was built around new customer acquisition. And they didn't do anything to follow up with existing customers like me. I just fall off the map entirely you know, <laughs> until I, I went back to them on my own volition, you know, asking, hey, you got anything else new? You know, I'm like begging them to do business. With them, I love know? it. Um, so it. that's why I picked uh, I picked detailing because I, I really felt like all the stuff that I had learned in the previous three decades of work could manifest itself in an entirely different way within the entrepreneurial community. And I thought, God, what a better way of giving back in retirement than, you know, helping an industry that is kind of just everybody's on their own. And it, 
it just felt like god let's let's just rally everybody together around something that can elevate the industry not just one shop we didn't want to just do something custom for one place we wanted to do something that was you know approachable for the entire industry you know not only from a price point but from a usability standpoint and just improve an industry that was the goal you know your similarities is that when we started training so we had we had six shops and in 2000 late 2004 a guy named matt williams out of uh marysville back towards you guys um approached me online in a forum and said hey do you train people well we had just sold off we're in the midst we had six shops and i was thinking about selling a couple of them off it was just it was killing me right so we started training and when I, when we saw that there's a market for it my intentions were hey you know what man if i and the same with the, even this podcast we don't monetize from this i mean are we silly i mean could we i i mean yeah if we change the tempo i guess we could but i don't want to here's why you just nailed it and i think a big reason why you guys are successful is we wanted to change lives my goal was to take an impact in exactly the same way here we are running a million dollar operation most people were struggling to bring in $100,000. And if they did that, it was considered great. And it was a good janitorial job at best. There was mm -hmm. a handful of detailers globally that were really entrepreneurs uh, that were really going after it and turning it, turning it up. By 2006, you know, we had gotten connected with amazing people. J Jim Gogan mentioned his name all the time. Is that, you know, Jim, Jim, Jim helped really solidify where we were going and, and he was such a great friend as i bounced things off of him but i think guys if you listen to this one hint is do it with with a wholesome reality do it with a wholesome reason don't just go out to the reason why i see successful shops and maybe shops that are struggling there's many of the shops that are struggling are selling something to sell something the shops that are doing the best are selling something because they believe in it mm -hmm. does that make sense Yep, hundred yeah. percent. So, so family business. What? So, what's different? I mean, you guys have worked with colleagues, and 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 employees. What what changes when you're a family business? What's the dynamics? Because a lot of people listening to this, most matter of fact, most Main Street businesses in America are exactly what we are: family businesses. So, mm -hmm. what what's the change? How do you have to handle yourself and some of the challenges? And and obviously, you guys have fun together. But you know what? How, what what's kind of explain what what the difference is. Well, I think just in the way that we interact with with our users, I think something that that we've really carried from being a family dynamic is being very like relationship first, you know, building relationships with our users, not just, you know, here's a product that we made. Good luck. We want them to feel like they're part of this. They're part of what we now call the Eurable family. You know, we want to hear what you have to say. We want to help whatever problem it is that you're facing. Um, and I think that's something that that has set us apart from from a lot of other companies is just the fact that people feel like they're part of something bigger and they feel like they actually know us and that's meaningful to them and that's meaningful to us. It's This has been the most fulfilling career that we could have because we didn't come into it for like a pump and dump kind of thing. Like just like, let's make a bunch of money and get out of here. And like, we don't want to interact. We really came into it to change lives and to improve people's work so then they can get out of the shop and get back to their families because that was something that we valued and i think the fact that we did come into that with with that in mind 
is is just something that people can feel. I think it ended up being quite a tangible thing, um, and and something that's really bode well for us. Um, and I'm I'm just super proud of ourselves. So, how do you guys separate the business from pleasure? Well, you guys, you know, there's family time, there's work time. Do you guys like in in our household? And it's funny because. I, I mentioned earlier, I was so driven, right? That I had my nose down. And, and when I say that, guys, I'm going to tell you, I'll, I'll tell you the facts around that. When my kids were, were young, I had basketball, football. I, 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 was, a, I was a football coach. Um, I went to daughter, dad dances. I did all this stuff. The difference was, is that like in 07, I'd never built a website myself. We couldn't find a good website builder. So I decided to learn some code. And I built our biggest and most successful site up to this time on my own. And I, we'd put the kids to bed. We'd say our prayers and, and dad would go to work until two, three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so um, I had to take and set a limit. So from seven to seven, I could talk about business. Uh, I, I was business seven in the morning, seven at night after seven, no business till the kids went to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, how do you guys separate now? It's opposite. Diane, I can't get her, you know, it's like, okay, shut up already. You know, so, <laughs> I want to do from like nine to three or nine to four, you know, and at seven o'clock. She's still, well, you know, training next week. And I'm like, oh, shush, you know, uh-uh, you know? Um, and so how do you guys, I mean, cause you're a growing business. You guys are, you know, your, your, your name in the industry and you guys have engaged and you're changing lives and you're so wholesome. How do you turn that? How do you turn that off? Or do you? I'm, I'm learning. I'm a work in progress. Chris, Chris tries to get me to like take it down a notch. Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm living. I'm living the the dream, man. So it's like you can't you can't stop the enthusiasm from pouring out of me. So I am like so all in on this, and not not because I'm chasing the dollars anymore, right? I'm, I'm done with that. Right. I'm so excited about just making an impact, you know, so I can't contain it sometimes. So I'm like, I could, I could be talking work for, you know, literally 12 hours straight. Yes, that is a fact. And there, there are times (laughs) we're all sitting down at dinner together and, and he's trying to talk work and we're like, dad, stop. Like, let's just have dinner. I, I love and it. they're I love right, it. of course, right? They're <laughs> absolutely right, and I know it. But it's like, oh my god, I got I got so much energy bundled up in this. It's tough right. to contain it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. probably find that you know this industry, being as widespread as and and so diverse like it is. I mean, it's like a twenty four seven industry. It is, you know, yeah. Well, and for us, it like literally is. I mean, we just opened up in Ireland and New Zealand. So, you know, very different time zones. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is tough. So it, it, so now advice to, to, to family businesses, you know, we just heard about, you know, I mean, the kids kind of want to shut Michael down a little bit. They're like, dad, you know, calm down. And there's times (laughs) like when I, I, I'll, I, I, like, I got a call this morning and uh, the president, uh, Shane Mayfield of the mafia is, like, okay, hey, who qualifies? You know, who do you guys have as ideas of masters? Well, now I can't shut my mind down because to the rest of the world, it doesn't mean a lot. But when we tell, when we give the title of master to somebody, a master detailer, it means a lot because it's not just work, it's their family life. It's their, you know, are they investing? Are they preparing? You know, are, are they a true entrepreneur? You know, are they really getting it? Are they 360 degrees or are they 180? And, mm-hmm. and, and so, 
I told him I'd have an answer to him today because if I sleep on it tonight, I won't sleep tonight, mm-hmm. you know? And so it, it, it's how do you, what advice would you guys give to, to, to a family business? Well, I mean, honestly, just obviously carving out time because that's something that we've always had as a family. Um, quite honestly, I think the fact that we can work a little bit more than usual um, works for us just because we're so passionate about what we do and and we genuinely enjoy it. This is like a family legacy at this point. So um, I think sometimes our work conversations don't even feel like work conversations at this point. But I think, you know, just always checking in with with everyone. Like I can say, you know, reflecting back to what we were talking about earlier with, you know, always having the family dinners and, you know, you and mom always checking in with us and, you know, how was your day at school? That was really meaningful to us. And I think we didn't, we couldn't appreciate it until we got older just to feel heard in your family. And like, I like to think of, you know, all the people that you surround yourself with mentors, friends, whatever, these are other teammates in, in this game of life. And I really lucked out. I got some great elder teammates. They are experts. They've been through a lot and I can learn so much from them. And um, and even the other way around, I think that adults can learn so much from their children, just like remembering to have fun, remembering, you know, what life is all about. And and so I think just having that time to to connect with your built in teammates is just it's so important. You know, I'll never forget our kids, you know, we, when we got our our horses, you know, one of my kids asked me why that, you know, why'd you get a horse? And I said, man, I always wanted a pony. <laughs> I got one. He's just big, you know. <laughs> and they're like, you know, they can't believe it. You know, they're just like, holy shit, dad's got a horse. I mean, <laughs> really? I, I mean, I think our daughter came out just to watch me ride just to make sure I wasn't, you know, bullshitting her. You know, and I'm like, no, I mean. You know, I mean, the, the closest thing I could have as a kid is a cowboy hat and a, and a little horse head on a broomstick, you know, and <laughs> run around. You know, now, now I got the real thing. Damn, the thing eats a lot, you know. It's like, oh, you got to put shoes on it. And so, yeah, that, you know, great point. So, so Michael, from your perspective, you know, again, is that, you know, you're, you're, uh, you've got, you've got some decades into the driver's seat. And I love seeing the passion. Uh, I love seeing that, you know, sometimes, Sometimes I want to curve my passion down and just go, okay, I'm today. No, I'm not going to allow one business thought into my head. That usually lasts about 45 seconds. <laughs> Can you relate? You know, but you know, what's the advice for making sure that you're tuned into what's important. And, and then, you know, there is an on off switch, or maybe it's a dimming switch. That's maybe probably it's a, more accurate. Yeah. Maybe it's a dimming switch. So a piece of advice that you'd give, you know, as, 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 as the dad figure in, in this business and, you know, as somebody that's I'm sure been a huge inspiration business wise to your kids. Well, number one, I'm just, you know, I, I'm always so impressed by Chris and the woman she's become, she's got an amazing, you know, um, perspective on, on life at a pretty young age. So, you know, hats off to, to her for that. Um, but for me, I think, um, I think you just need to be able to set some limits on yourself. Um, and it's going to take practice and time to do it. Um, mm. like, like Rennie was saying, it's probably closer to a dimmer switch when you're running your own company than an on off switch when you're working for someone. Um, but you know, as I, as I moved up, you know, within the healthcare industry, you know, I had a lot of responsibility on me. There was no turning that off. I could hardly dim it. 
Um, but I could hit the pause button, you know? So I, th I think I got good at hitting the pause button for oh a period of time where I would just compartmentalize that over here. I'd be, you know, with my kids when they'd go to bed, I could hit that resume button. There you go. <laughs> you know, so I, I think, you know, everybody's just got to be purposeful about that. It doesn't come naturally to do this kind of compartmentalization. Um, but I think when you're an entrepreneur and you're wearing so many different hats, it's an important skill for you to, number one, recognize that you should develop it. And number two, start to implement it um, because it'll pay dividends. You'll end up with a, a kid as awesome as Chris someday. Oh. You know, I, I wish that on everyone. You know, now I'm 60 years old. You know, my, both my kids are adults and now Kyle is a father himself. And I see him, you know, working endlessly. But he works a lot really late at night after Jake goes to bed because he wants to be there and be participative. I love it. So, it. you know, you just got to be purposeful about it. Take a step back. Yeah, and I always urge people this. Have some quiet time to yourself to start oh. reflecting. Man, reflect on why are you doing what you're doing? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's a long-term vision that you guys should all have. You, you're doing what you're doing because you want to create something that's got long-term viability that lets you achieve a certain lifestyle. It's not about you're doing it because you want to just make a crap ton of money. You're doing that for a reason. You're supporting a, an, a whole ecosystem around yourself and your family and your friends. So, and, and employees, that's another thing, you know, be, be mindful that you're, you're taking the responsibility upon yourselves as an employer to enroll those people into something that's more meaningful than just making a buck. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you wise words right there. I mean, wise words. Um, so let's go into optimizing your business a little bit. Naturally, you know, I've, I've had this, I, I kind of, I wordsmith out a saying I've used for most of my life and it's dream, vision, plan, execute. And it really came from my early years on SAR teams, on search and rescue teams is, is that, you know, when I was really young and it, it, it just, everything, you know, in SAR is about planning and then being what we call simper Gumby, you know, is being flexible in your plans, mm -hmm. but, you know, dream it, you know, vision it, plan it, execute it. Um, you got to have clear goals. You got to, you know, I'll tell you mine constantly. I had somebody rag on me, uh, a little bit back and it sticks in my mind. I mentioned this several times, man, you got way too many ideas that you just, you throw out so many things and you only execute a couple of them. Well, guess what? Get, get used to it as be, because as my passion and my abilities build, I'm going to go from a thousand a week to 2000 a week. And so if you don't like the idea mill right now, you're going to hate it in a year. It's going to drive you crazy. And, and, and off of 2000, I'll probably only execute maybe one. Uh, but, you, you know, Warren Buffett, I got the opportunity to be around Warren Buffett twice. Uh, I had a, a, a decent conversation with him once that was about 45 seconds long. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you what, that guy, he was constantly writing in this little notebook. I bet he has a thousand ideas an hour. <laughs> His mind is so deep. It was just, you could just see him. He's, he, he would have, you'd have his hundred percent attention and he'd say, no, you know, that's a great idea. And then right now, and I'm like, what, 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 was, was that, was that my idea? Yeah. 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 I mean, it was just amazing, 
But now, okay, so I walk into the parking lot. I'm in Pennsylvania. I see a Audi R8 in the parking lot, and it's got gravel on it. Or you know, it was, I was like, I was looking at it from a distance, and I go, "Okay, you're 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 able. What the hell is it? You're able." And I was like, "This is a cool car, but what's what's a you're able?" And I was like, "God, cool. There's a race car driver, or somebody that's going to speak, you know, at Barry's event. Man, this is cool because this is this looks like something cool." And I get in there, and you know, you guys are in there, and then I hear you you speak. And I hear your passion and I hear your, you, you know, I, I, you guys shared your dream and you shared your vision on, on your able. And I was like, okay, these guys have got a plan. And if they start executing it, it's going to be a game changer. And guess what? You guys have been a game changer. You have been one of the biggest blessings in the industry of modern times, because you set all, you know, there's some great in, in, in the software side of things. We got, you know, you guys, you're the same way, Switzerland, right? You got friends on every side. But I think to give you guys credit is you brought it to the forefront. And 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 I your passion and your attitudes and your drive and your willingness to help others become successful was such a draw. Now, software is a huge part of optimizing your your business. Is that all of us that are serious entrepreneurs have used various systems of software. One of my biggest mentors is, was really involved, big time involved in creating um, TurboTax. And I'm not going to mention his name, but he might be on there right now. And he's been a huge inspiration to me. Um, he's got a gazillion dollars. Uh, and I hope somewhere in his, in his kindness and his will, you listen to this, my name's in there, you know, because I take your shit all the time. Uh, we're really good friends, as you can tell. Um, he, um, you know, he, he said that software, his software, their designs, um, brought taxation in, in realities to the average American, you guys in your software brought entrepreneurship to the forefront of our industry. And mm -hmm. so what have you seen since that day one way back? Cause you guys weren't even launched when we met, what are you seeing? Take me through the journey of that early introduction to detailing. And Michael, you said it, you've been buying coatings and you could see that you're addicted to it, but it wasn't ran right. What's that, what's that evolution been just, just since that first day? Well, just if I could, I'll give you guys a little scoop because I just announced this today. Um, and this really brings it full circle from that first time that, you know, Barry invited us to that dyslexia event. Mm -hmm. um, and again, we were nobody, we were a family with an idea and, you know, a, a skill base, um, to right now we're partnering up with SB, uh, SB3 and we will be on the main floor at SEMA, um, sharing the booth with them, wow. which is just unbelievable for us. Right. So we really launched, um, in 2019 of November for all intents and purposes. Um, so three years later, here we are partnering up with another, you know, brand on a meteor, meteor trajectory. Um, it, I just, I never would have foreseen this. I, I mean, I can, I can see big things and I never would have saw this, you know, that we'd have this opportunity. So it's really come full circle at this point. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just a surreal moment for us. That's awesome. uh, but, back, but back to your, your original question, just about, you know, the, the journey kind of from then to here, 
I think we absolutely, and this sounds so cliche, but we stayed authentic to ourselves. Um, we had, you know, large players, I'll call it, in the industry that wanted, you know, to get on board, have us, you know, pay them to support it. And I just, I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. I did, I didn't want that kind of thing. I, I said, no, you know, we really want to just be organic about this and totally authentic. If people want to get behind your able and support it, it is because they've got energy around it and it's made an impact in their lives and their business. And that's more of the support that, that we were hoping to be able to generate. You never know when you're launching it, you know, are we going to hit the bullseye with this? Uh, we, we felt like we were going to. We're pretty good at executing and we're pretty good at adjusting, like you were saying. But you don't know until you enter it. You know, and I had plenty of people saying, oh, man, you're never going to make it. You guys are outsiders. This is a very, you know, internally focused industry. If you're not one of us, you'll never you know, be successful. I'm like, I totally disagree. I think the fact mm -hmm. that I'm coming at this from outside the industry as a consumer is, is absolutely what you guys need, because I'm all about trying to make you guys look good to your consumer. You know, the, the software, all the fancy stuff it does is just the tool that enables us to make these companies look good. Mm -hmm. you know, actually, one really quick thing, coming back to detailing for dyslexia, because that was the first time we met you. And we were so new into the industry, at least for me, Dad, maybe it was different for you. But I, I didn't even know sort of the scope of who you were, Rennie. And mm -hmm. I remember going in and we met a few people before you got there. And everybody was like, oh, my God, did you hear Rennie Doyle was coming? And I was like, totally. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoever that guy is, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just an average dude that. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's a crack up. That, 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 that's fun. Well, it's like coming out, you know, seeing that car. I mean, the first thing I'm attracted to, and then I'm like, okay, somebody's playing and somebody's playing hard. You know, <laughs> I thought it was a race car team or something. I was like, Barry, who the hell did you bring in here? You know, uh, it's a song. Yeah, but, but that's one of the things, you know, that I imparted on the kids. And I really got this from my dad because he, he always told me, if you're going to do something, do it like you mean it. Amen. You know, so I, I tried to impart that on my kids too. You know, if if you're gonna go in and do something, don't do it. My my dad's thing was don't do it half-assed. <laughs> like like any anything worth doing is worth doing well. That's exactly yeah, exactly. You know, I, I'll give you an example of this. I'm not gonna say what I did, but recently, um, I decided a lot of things. We went back, we adjusted our schedule and our five-day training, and we went back to how we used to do it a decade ago, but we refined everything. So we said, well, hold on. wonder if we do these, you know, wonder if we switch everything around. We completely, com you know, all the information is the same. It's when we deliver it and how we, you know, the days and everything else. Game changer. Then I added something on at that last training I used to do with, every single detailing company or, or with every single detailing client. I, and I'll, I will share, I handed everybody when they left a personalized handwritten plain thank you card. <laughs> I did the same thing at Chris West event is, is I gave a couple of people that I really appreciate in the industry, a handwritten, you would not believe something so simple, but the impact it had. 
And I'm like, God, why do we forget sometimes of just appreciation, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's, uh, so, so, so it's right here my, by, by my desk. Oh yeah. Chris, <laughs> oh, look at that. Chris Williams. Yeah. 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 Is that amazing or what? Look at that. And, yep. and Daniel also. Yeah. 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 So, you know, this is uh, right here next to my desk as a constant reminder that, you know what, it's the little things and you just got to, you know, focus on the little things each day and you can end up making an impact. So, you know, I've watched, a, a you know, we've been involved, we've been using, we started testing detailing software back, oh gosh, I'm gonna, it, it, early 2000s, you know, 20 years ago, you know, and we saw the value of it, but it was a real up. It was, it was an uphill battle for those involved at those early mm-hmm. stages. And again, to give credit to you, I really think that you guys have, have been, you know, you look at the big brands, you know, of, of detailing and all those, you know, um, the, just the, the, the legacy brands that have been around is sometimes when the new brands, well, look at ceramic coatings, what ceramic coatings alone have done for the industry and re- a relatively newcomer really changed the, the entire industry. You know, and I think that you guys did that same thing. So software, what are you seeing when optimizing the difference? You've seen companies not using software and then all of a sudden they bring software up and they've got some they've got they've got some legacy time behind them with the software. What are you seeing? What's the differences in those companies? I mean, you see it every day. Yeah, I would say something that I think a lot of people don't think about um, is just the psychology behind it. And, you know, as a consumer, you want to feel cool for using a good product. And so it, it works kind of both ways. Like our users can feel cool because the product looks cool. And then they feel cool telling other people about it because then they're gonna see that that's a cool product. And like, that means that this person is cool and I wanna be cool too. And then it even translates even further into then the business with their customers. Their customer is getting, you know, automated messaging, branded emails, you know, approval process, online payments, all these very kind of cool things. And then they feel cool for taking their car to that detail business. And I'm going to tell other people because then they'll think I'm cool. It's literally like all about just making people feel cool and smart for making the decisions that they made. And I think that that plays a big role. You know, you go to a detail shop that's just handwriting invoices and collecting checks versus one that has things automated and looking really flashy and high-tech online i'm taking my nice car over to that one that guy sounds way cooler and he sounds like he probably has better services because everything around it is also contributing to that image and so i think that's been a real big game changer from moving to just sort of pen and paper to then you know software i think it just kind of elevates the the image of the industry as a whole amen amen that's where the importance of the culture you guys are creating as well comes in, right? Because being part of that culture is what's, you know, what's attractive and what's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here, here's some notes. I'm going to read down through these and I want you guys, I've taken notes and I'm going to put some high points of this conversation out at the end. And I want you guys to, to maybe hit on these things as I go down through them. I'm going to, I'm just going to say them all and, and I want, and, and, and a lot of this is Chris adding in and then myself adding in items. But I want, I want 
everybody, these are things that a lot of people don't relate back to software. But when I go through these lists, I don't think there's any of them that are not. So use of software, let's talk about leveraging solutions that personalize the experience. Let's talk about tools that help you automate your time and, 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 and processes that consume that time. Let's talk about scheduling. Let's talking about improved communication. Let's talk about creating a great customer experience. Let's talk about developing a social presence and process to interact with people, engage with your audience on a regular basis. We call it constant contact. Leveraging and understanding your data and your numbers, both what your customers are buying and then also what you're making money off of. Hiring and keeping the right people. How do you keep the right? I'm not worried about the wrong people. I'll get rid of them. What I'm worried about is how engaging the right people and, and, and making that process, making your workplace a better place for the people that work with you. Mm-hmm. Optimizing your time and productivity through delegation and prioritizing and improving your value of your sales. What's, what, Chris, you just mentioned those things. What's bringing a greater value to your company? How many of those don't relate to software? <laughs> they all do. <laughs> yeah. Every single one of them. And, but now... How cool is it that as we, as a, a late coming industry now, how long, at, Michael, as the, as the medical industry relied on software? Oh, man. So I was covering Northern California Kaiser. So all of it from how far south? Maybe Gilroy all the way up to Santa Rosa and out to Sacramento. I was covering that whole area in the late 80s. And they had everything wired. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, everything, right? Um, but even they were behind a lot of industries. Um, healthcare was a little bit of a late comer because um, the data privacy issues were so intense. There was right. a lot of infrastructure that needed to be built that, frankly, other industries didn't really need to focus on as much. So it took a little while for healthcare to get caught up to modern times. Uh, but y- y- like when, when my brother and I invented uh, KumaCare, the software system that runs all these anti-coag clinics around the world, that was just a freaking great idea. Why didn't somebody think of that 30 years earlier? <laughs> I have no idea. They probably but, did. And they said on their hands, you guys took action. Yeah. Hey, well, we are big on execution, man, because nothing... <laughs> You know, you can have the best ideas ever. And if you don't execute on them, then they never materialized anything. Amen. You know, so, yeah, you got to be able to uh, have the fortitude to step up to the plate and risk big failure. You know, that's ultimately what you got to get comfortable with is, you know, when you're going to execute, you're you're risking failure at that point. When it's just an idea, you're not risking failure. It's just an idea. But when you execute, you got to get comfortable with, you know, putting putting the risk of failure on your plate. Mm-hmm. So all these things other industries have seen value in and the detailing industry finally in the automotive industry, period. You know, we're it's funny because we're looking for um, we had a deal with Porsche, uh, kind of a, a membership influencer. They gave us a good deal on it. And then all of a sudden Porsche's like, well, you know, this is great. It's been great. But, um, you know, we, we're going to start charging you more than what your house cost you, you know, for the program. <laughs> So needless to say, you know, Diane and I moved on. So Diane's, you know, uh, had to adjust to not having a new Porsche every two weeks to drive. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're looking at Mazdas right now. Um, and so we, it's, we're car shopping. And it's, it's funny on how 
many a few of the dealerships are really utilizing software to make the interact the interaction better and then some are still stuck in 1980 yeah it's horrible it's it's so it's such a turnoff mm -hmm. as a consumer to to deal with this guy you know joe that uh no pun you know no no if your name's joe nothing against you but <laughs> this guy joe that's you know 56 years old and has been selling cars since the 80s and he's still kind of stuck in the era of you know karate kid and 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 and, and yeah. it's so old-fashioned and so yesterday in such a turnoff and and if yeah. they only got it that if they just if they if they'd make my experience better they'd have a lot better chance of selling a vehicle, but because they're just not connecting right, it's a turnoff. And, and, and we've got that really unfolding in the detailing industry. Now, those that are really gravitated towards a systems approach, whether it be your able or, or another system, we're, we're advocates of systematizing, right? Because there's so many benefits to it. Um, so those, those entities that have taken that step, they are going to be the long-term survivors in this industry. The other ones that aren't going to do it, they are going to be drifting, drifting, drifting farther behind. And customers are not going to gravitate towards them. I don't care if they're the cheapest place in the market. Or it the doesn't best. matter, right? Mm -hmm. And those aren't the customers that you ultimately want when you're running a business that you want to build a long-term sustainable foundation on. Right? You don't want price shoppers. Well, I'll tell you right now with the economy, we don't know where it's going to go. I think it's amazing. It, and, and we're very fortunate that it's stayed as healthy as it has this long. I think we are in for a, a down dip. I don't know what that, nobody knows what that down dip, even the pros don't look, they don't know. Uh, when Warren Buffett goes, I don't know. You know, that's literally what he's saying right now. Everybody's going, oh, great one, Warren Buffett. What's everything going to happen? He's like, no idea. This, never seen anything like this in my life. Oh, great one. Yeah, I, I don't know where it's going. Uh, let's get the popcorn out and watch. You know, uh, there's a whole generation of detailers that are in for a rude awakening because we just, they haven't had a slow. They're ten years in, and they think that you know they've made it. Unfortunately, the more you just nailed it, Michael, is the more connected and the more interactive and the more um, Chris, you mentioned it earlier. They're the cool factor, you know. And you know, I'm on a brand new Mac. Um, is Mac the best computer? Nah. Is is iPhone the best phone? Nah. And Android is a lot more. Matter of fact, I was a late. I had a Mac, but was with an Android phone because I love the technology. But what Mac, what what Apple did when I like okay when I first got I, this, literally is a week old. When I got it, the packaging, the wow factor. Wow, it's cool. You know what Chris said. Then I opened the computer up and I'm like, oh shit! Compared to my last one, this is cool. And then I started up and I'm like, it just keeps keeps getting cooler. Exactly. And, well, and know? it makes you feel like a smart consumer when you buy something cool. Absolutely. I feel like I've got 80s hair back. You know, I'm just, <laughs> it's just, there's, there's something so cool, you know, about it. Well, guess what? Your customers, Chris, you nailed it. They want cool. You know, they really do. They well, and cool. I think this industry, like, in and of itself is a cool industry. Like, you're often working on cool cars because, like, people want to protect their cool cars. It's, very technologically advanced. Like these products are quite scientific in how they work. And I think people are just leaning more and more into like, oh, like, okay, this is like basically like physical tech and I'm going to have 
software tech to surround that and like oh. enhance that image. Oh God, that's a great way to put it. I love that. Okay, last request. Okay, I have a saying. You know, is it's easy. It's super easy to be clever. We see a lot of that on the online forums. A little harder to be smart, and it's really it takes time to be wise. Um, I was given that advice uh, by my buddy I mentioned earlier. You know, very successful, self-made billionaire. Is he says never? He, he, unfortunately, he doesn't watch me as close now because I'm not as young and dumb as I used to be. But he'd go in and look at something I'd post on a forum. He goes, oh, you know what? You're being real clever. That sounds stupid. Go take that down. And I was like, God dang, you know, it took me a long time to word spit that out and be that clever. And he's like, no, you you, you sound clever to to a kindergartner. You, you sound stupid to the educated. And and it took me a while to know what he's saying. And, and you know, clever is really, it is. It's easy to be a smart ass. It's, it's harder to be smart and then to be wise. The, the wise people, the wisest people in the industry, you don't see. Now, you guys are different because you guys got to be involved in forums and respond to people and everything else. We do, too, to a certain degree. But I just I just don't deal with cleverness. I want to deal with smart people that are going to become wise people. And so with that, what's a piece of advice that each one of you have been given that you'd like to share? Oh, boy. I don't have to think well, about that. I'll start while you think. Start. <laughs> um, uh, keep keep your circle tight. Um, you know, so you mentioned that we need to be engaged in the in the industry, and, and we do. Um, you know, we're we're catering to everybody, and we want to help everybody. But there are groups out on you know Facebook in particular. Mm -hmm. You won't see me out there, man, because I just don't. I don't. I just, I just can't handle it. I can't handle the drama. I mean, I'll make a post maybe twice a year, right? And the admins are always like, oh, Abens is chiming in with some wisdom. And then I'm gone. I'm vapor <laughs> because I just will not engage in the daily nonsense of I some of it. these places. So keep your circle tight, especially with social media, because it tends to lean on the negative side of things. Um, so like our pro group is, is an amazing ecosystem online. They are some of the best business owners in the industry in this group. Um, and they've, you know, kind of self-nominated themselves as that because they're, they're, they got on board with your able pretty early. So that group right there, that is a safe space. Everybody in there contributes something and it's either smart or wise. Right. There's none of the, the nonsense that goes on in there. So I attribute that to keeping the circle pretty tight, even though that circle's gotten pretty big right now. Um, but it's the right people. Um, so let me just piggyback on that. So one of the things that, that we did and the group was asking us to do something along this line. You know, we had this amazing amount of, of organic support. Um, and I wanted to reward, you know, reward people for that. But I, I am not a fan of these full-blown affiliate type programs that are so pervasive in the industry. They have their place. I get it. I'm not going to fault them. But I didn't really want that associated with your able. I, I really appreciated and I respected the organic support that we were getting from everyone. Um, but we did go ahead and put a referral program in place to reward, you know, our pro users 
for, you know, the support that they're giving us. And, you know, they get a little something and, you know, the people coming in that they refer, they get a little break. But I told them, I said, don't put this stuff out in the forums. I, if I see it, you know, being blasted out in the forums, I'll kill that program because I don't want it like that. This isn't about getting more people into the you're able community. It's about getting the right people into the you're able community. Right. So it's like, don't invite somebody or refer somebody to your able if you're not willing to invite them to your dinner table. You know, so I am really uptight about this, but it all goes back to keeping the circle tight. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like well, you know, guys, look at this. You know, it it always cracks me up because people sit there. You know, I'm, I've got a page of notes. Here, <laughs> here working, I'm conducting the damn podcast. <laughs> And and, 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 and and I guess that goes back to Michael, your thing, if it just doesn't shut off, that passion doesn't shut off. I, and, and, and Chris, I think you're already here. You're very, I mean, you're such an impressive young lady. I mean, it just, you know, I look, you hung out with, with you hung out with two of our daughters. I uh, did. Yeah. And you know, they're, they're, I mean, you guys, it's all different personalities, right? <laughs> you're such dynamic personalities, each one of you in your own unique way. And so, you know, again, I think that, you know, Michael, to your credit and, and your wife's credit is that your kids, I think, you know, they're not clever. They, they, they got through that stage very quickly. They're very, they're very smart and already wise to a lot of things. That's yeah. really cool. Um, so, Chris, now I'm going to put you on the spot. So one little piece of advice. Well, I mean, I do want to say I, I don't want to indulge myself to the point of saying that I'm wise. I'm 28. I understand where I'm at in life. I'm still learning. Um, and, and I would say just to go along with that, having mentors. And I mean, I'm incredibly blessed to have uh, my father as a mentor in both life and in business. Um, mm. and, and I can really see the people that are willing to still learn, even if they've been in the industry for decades those are the people that I feel like are really growing with the industry because this is a fast moving industry. You have to be willing to grow and learn and change and pivot. And so I think the people that, that have really embraced mentorship and listening to other people, whether they are people that are older or just like colleagues, people that are in the same place, but maybe navigated things in different ways. Um, I think that that is just so important and that's something that I've really been able to, to benefit from um, just from, you know, having my dad and even having Kyle, you know, like Kyle and I were, we're young, but there's so much that we can learn from each other. And um, I, I think that that should just be carried into the industry as a whole. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, all right. Um, how do people connect with you? I mean, again, if they're under a rock, they, they, they might be able to find you if they're under a boulder. Let's go to those people that are under a boulder. Okay. <laughs> okay. They, yeah, we have a lot of ways that you can get in touch with us. One of our big goals just coming into the industry was making sure that we were really accessible. Um, we always say there's nothing more annoying than a software company that you can't get in touch with. So we have many avenues to be able to reach out to us. Um, on our website, we have a live chat. That literally is basically texting us. That hooks up to all of our phones and all of our computers. Um, so that's a really quick way to get in touch. The same live chat exists right within your ABLE itself. Um, you can reach out to us on Facebook. That sends it to the same exact spot. You're basically texting us. Um, my phone number, <laughs> maybe stupidly, is plastered on like everything. So you can literally call me or text me. 
um, we, we just try to make sure that, you know, if you do want to get in touch, um, it's very easy to get in touch. Um, and then of course we have our email, which is just support at your If you ever want to just reach out to us that way. There you go. Now, boys, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to switch this around. I'm kind of like an uncle to her, but I can't, uh, there's something on the table that if you guys, if you guys don't conduct yourself in a gentleman like fashion, um, I will bring this to the next event and introduce it. So be, be good. Be good. She's she's gone to Vegas and partied with my daughters. I have an entitlement of protecting her. Okay. You are a dad too. I, I have like five different what I call industry dads. And I've yeah. actually realized that all of them, and this is just by happenstance, are all fathers to daughters. And and I'll take it even further further. Fathers to kick-ass daughters. So I, I don't know if that's something that I'm particularly drawn to because I also have a kick-ass dad. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, well, you there's, 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 there's certain individuals that you become very protective over, you know, and it's out of respect. And, you know, I'm protective. It, it, Diane will tell you is the only time that I've ever gotten in conflicts while we've been married is when it involves kids or women, you know, is I'm pretty <laughs> – You'll see that you'll see, especially right now, that emotional, you know, the 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 testosterone, the the estrogen will disappear. The testosterone <laughs> will come out real quick. And so, well, hey, you guys. So takeaways from this: purposeful. I wrote that down. Self time. You've got to have time every day. You know, I take. We've got a fourteen year old dog, Boomer. Um, I've got me time with him every single day. I try to get me time with my horse. Um, at least three or four times a week. Uh, congratulations on on being on the floor at SEMA. That's a big a, a, a big step with SB3 Barry. He's such a great guy. Uh, do it like you mean it. Uh, keep your circle tight. This we didn't talk about, but I want to point it out. These two individuals paid credit more times than they took credit. Is They paid credit to other people, other organizations, and each other far more than they, I didn't hear a brag point, but I heard a lot of credit given. So kudos to you, you too. Cause I think that's, and Kyle too. He's just, he's just taken. Hey, we got to find out. So we know you guys are into cars. What's Kyle into? Cause we see him in the dungeon. You know, we see him, he, you know, it's, he, he's the software guy, right? He's the mad scientist. What's, what's he, I mean, he's got his, his family's kids, right? But what's he really into? He's a big time musician. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. he he's like I would say he hasn't done it in a little while because I think he's been so focused on your able but uh, extremely talented musician. He wrote and uh, you know recorded the song that his wife walked down the aisle to. He oh, wow. did a cover of the song that they did their first dance to. Um, he, he's just extremely talented. I always say Kyle and I got very different portions of the gene pool. Kyle got all the musical creative genes. I got all the athletic genes and I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> we are very yeah. different people. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Chris, because my big brother and I are the same way is that he got all the music. I love music and he'll, I'll be sitting there and I'll be jamming out. You know, he lived with us. So I'll be singing. And he's like, Hey, Hey, do me a favor. You know, so what? He goes, you're ruining that song. Just, uh, you know, and I'm like, dude, I'm passionate about it. He goes, you know what? Uh, silence. You know, just, <laughs> and I'm like, come on, let's go lift. You know. So, <laughs> well, hey guys, thanks for all that you've, you know, not only for coming on today, but thanks for all that you continue to do for the industry and um, just being, again, you're not clever and you're definitely not smart 
you're, you're wise. And Michael, we appreciate that sharing that wisdom with your kids so they can share it with the rest of the industry. Cause I think you guys do a, a great job of lifting it up and uh, being a great representative, you know, with all the other software companies of you guys play so good, well together and complement each other. And um, I just love to see leadership like this in the industry and, Thanks for being wonderful communicators. Thanks for uh, always backing up our group too. You're always there for us and we definitely appreciate that. And uh, we'll take in, uh, we can't wait to see you. We'll see you on the floor at SEMA and, uh, and mobile tech. Can you believe it? Mobile tech is just right around the corner. Um, yeah. Jeez. Went by fat. Yeah. Right. Jeez. It's like, wow. <laughs> well, well, guys, thank you so more. much. And for those that, you know, Hey, if this is going, um, make sure to subscribe uh, for those that are on the YouTube uh, make a comment. We'd love to hear it. Sorry, I, this one's been so engaging. I couldn't get into the the uh, the messages. There's a lot of them on there. Uh, but thank you guys for always, you know, taking the support in the show. Chris and I really appreciate it. Uh, hi, Diane. It's funny because we're sitting here. If you look, saw me look down, um, I just sent a message to my 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 da oldest daughter and I said I love you. And she came back and she's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm on the podcast." She goes, "What?" You know, I mean, I, so I, but I, I just had to tell her I love her, but. Thanks, you guys, and uh, take care. We'll see you soon. And, again, thanks for coming on. Chris? Oh, thanks for having us. Love yeah, it. Really that was a good time. It. We'll see uh, Chris up here next week. we got our five-day training happening uh, up here. Yep. We've got a very busy six weeks uh, in front of us, you know. Oh, yeah. We're going to go pretty hard for the next six weeks. And uh, we're going to be – I'm going to be back in your guys' – kind of close to you. I'm going to be back in uh, um, flying a – Boston here in a couple of weeks, go speak at an aftermarket event that they asked us to come in go do the keynote and then uh, fly in, fly out type of thing. But I can't wait to get back there and do it. It's a whole new audience and it'll be a lot of fun. So, and then of course, right behind that SEMA. So yeah, yeah right behind yeah. us. All right, guys. Hey, take care. Happy detailing everybody. And make sure to go, you know, really, I hope you guys took notes because this is, uh, this has been huge today. So, uh, Chris, thank you. Michael, thank you. Tell Kyle, we said, you know, good luck with the new house and congratulations <laughs> on getting rid. I mean, uh, your brother moving out. <laughs> <laughs> My house doesn't look like a daycare anymore. This is incredible. Yeah. Right. Wow. Hey. yeah. All, right. All right, guys, you guys take care. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks see you. Thank you. We'll see you. Thanks guys. Bye, guys. All right, guys. See you later.